Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here, and I hope that this episode blesses you. So if you will do me a favor, if you will take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, whether it's on your computer or your tablet or your phone, just take a screenshot of it and post it on your social media. And when you do, if you will, number one, tag us here at a God shift, that would be awesome. And then number two, tell us what your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment was, because obviously the more times this episode is shared, the more hands that it gets into and the more people can have hope in their life, the more people that we can drive to the kingdom. So if you would do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. So I'm going to read my guest bio and then we are going to get right to this conversation. So my guest is the founder of Deep Dive Spirituality Coaching for Pastors and Spiritually Minded Professions. He is also a professor of biblical studies and an ordained pastor. He is the author of Centering Prayer, Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life, Realigning with God, Reading Scripture for Church and World, and and Invitation, a Bible study to begin with. His life's mission is to seek out, study, and embody the deepest truths about God so that he can share them lovingly, compellingly, and in transformational ways to others. He and his wife, Astrid, live in Orlando, Florida. So thank you and welcome to the show, Brian Russell. Thank you so much, Shane. It's a real privilege to be here and hello to the audience. Awesome. So first, I just want to start by laying a little bit of context for our conversation. So this is called a God Shift Podcast. And my definition of a God Shift is anytime you unlock your kingdom authority, and then that allows you to collide with God's purpose and ultimately moves you into a greater destiny. So I love to ask all of my guests, like, what is your personal definition of kingdom authority? Yeah. And I think it's grown over the years. I mean, I could give you the academic definition of kingdom authority, but I, I'm, I'm going to say in my own life, like the most recent, like God shift that I've had, I would say uh, kingdom authority is the moment that, you know, whether you've been a following Jesus for a long time or, or the very first time that you get to a point where you recognize that you don't have even the illusion of control that you thought you did and you trust, you fully surrender and you open yourself up to the abundant love of God. And it begins to flow through you in a way that allows you to really bless and serve others powerfully. I'm writing that down. That's good. I, I just love the the definitions that everybody comes up with. They're all so different. They're all so impactful, but they're all also so true. So you said God's love flows through you. And in turn, that allows you for your life to not only be blessed, but for you to bless other people's lives as well. 
And, you know, one of my mentors from way back, Alex McManus, he, he always says the gospel comes to us on its way to someone else. And I've just always kind of lived that. You see that even back to Abraham in the Bible, he was blessed to be a blessing. So I think that's the key thing. We tap into God and get increasing amounts of God's love in our lives. So we can love God. And then God uses us as essentially ambassadors of his abundance to, to the world. I love that. That's awesome. And so can you think of a time in your life, Pastor Russell, that you've actually had to exercise kingdom authority to shift to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been there's been multiple seasons. I, I would say that the, the biggest time that this ever happened, it was about uh, uh, 12 years ago. I mean, I talk a little bit about this in my Centering Prayer book, but I, I went through a really difficult uh, divorce after a 20-year marriage. It was completely unexpected, and it pretty much rattled me to the core because in my way of growing up, you know, you're not supposed to get divorced, especially if you're a pastor, especially if you're a seminary professor. So I was terrified that essentially I was going to lose my job, going to lose my ministry, all the things that gave me meaning, I was lose my kids and just be flat out bankrupt. And so I had a moment when I was uh, went on a walk, a friend told me that sound like I was going crazy. Um, I always talk fast, so I must have been in hyperdrive that day. And so I just go out for this walk, and uh, for whatever reason that day, I didn't have headphones or anything. I was just walking, and everything froze at a certain moment. I heard a bird sing, and every, like life just completely froze around me just for a split second, and. And I'm, I'm not sure if I heard an audible voice or not, but I felt an overwhelming experience of God's presence there at probably the most fear, guilt, and shame I ever felt in my entire life. And I sensed that God was saying, um, I'm enough, uh, there is enough, and you're enough. Wow. And uh, that was a life-changing moment that I've essentially been unpacking for, for about 10 years to try to figure out exactly what happened and figure out if I, it was possible to lead others into that kind of an experience. But that was an unforgettable, high-altitude, God-shift moment for me that you know, didn't fix everything. I still had to go through this painful process and end up raising my kids as a single dad for a season until I got remarried. But that moment there... I knew it was going to stink, but I knew there was sunshine on the other side of the black clouds that I was in at that moment. And now I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. And so one of the things that I firmly believe about kingdom authority is that it actually gives you somebody asked me yesterday. So does that mean you're God? You know, since you say that you have the same authority and power, that same authority and power was passed on to you when, you know, Jesus died. So does that mean that we're now Jesus? And I said, no. He has the power. We have the authority. And so, you know, the word tells us that we can like speak to situations in order for them to change, that we actually can perform the same types of miracles and wonders and all the things that we saw Christ do in the Bible. So when you think about this period of your life that you had to go through as you were digging yourself out of that hole, what role would you say that you actually played in kind of mimicking that authority or utilizing that authority to kind of get yourself out of that rut, if you will. Yeah. And I, I would call it um, the power of surrender. In other words, obviously, we're conduits of God's grace, just like you said, and uh, God's power flows through us, but it's, uh, um, you know, it's his will, not ours or mine. I'll just make it personal. So I found my role was Again, my my temptation was I got to save myself because I you know I'm I'm one of these guys that'll just get after it and um and so I was paddling as hard as I could but you know I was still sinking and so it was really in the moments when 
I was able to fully surrender. Like I would even say one of the most powerful and I, and ultimately brave prayers. Cause I didn't really know what I was praying is I literally prayed God, uh, through this process. Cause I, um, I wanted to be come through the process better, not bitter. I wanted to be a godly man, you know, and I wanted to actually, if I was going to be remarried, I didn't want to come through in a place where I didn't like women. It was just had this chip on my shoulder from what yeah. had happened to me. Um, and I wanted to be a great father for my kids who needed me desperately because I mean, they, they had me basically on their own for, for, for a season of their lives. And so I had to suck it up really and just to depend on God for them. And so I prayed to the Lord, <laughs> God, um, bring out any darkness inside of my own heart and bring it into your light so I can be healed by your grace. So it was just kind of a surrender uh, piece yeah. uh, with that. And I would say that's where the, if it, the authority, uh, which again, I would say is the ability to turn that towards others and bless and serve and be that safe voice for people that are also hurting and to be able to speak, um, you know, words of blessing and abundance that comes from me releasing all of my pain and shame and letting God clean me in, up from the inside out. I love that. Surrender is so important. And that was something that I kind of had to, I'm not going to say learn the hard way, but it was difficult for me to learn because it was one of those things that like when people are telling you like, oh, you got to do the work, you got to surrender. It just felt like one of those ambiguous things that I'm not saying that I don't need to surrender, but I didn't fully think I understood. Like if it's Wednesday, can I look back on this week and ask myself, have I seen evidence of surrendering? Because I didn't really know how to articulate and put it into words of actually how the surrendering process works. Because I had a life coach who told me, Shana, everything you want is on the other side of surrender. And I'm like, well, great. You know, I'm going to get it done. Tell me what I got to do and I'll do it kind of person. So if that's all I have to do is surrender, that's great. I'm willing to do it, but I have no idea where to start. And she told me, she said for her, the definition of surrender was that you get to a point where you give up and not give up in terms of like, I'm just going to quit and I no longer want to press forward, but I give up to me trying to figure it out. I give up to me trying to do it my own way, but Lord, I'm saying, I'm going to allow you to really take control. And you know, that song, Jesus take the wheel. I'm actually going to let you take the wheel and drive me where it is that I need to go. So what did surrender look like for you during this time? Yeah. And it's at, at this, um, at this stage, um, I ran into a whole part of Christian spirituality that I had been, that I was essentially completely ignorant of. It's, it's at that time that I discovered the c Christian mystical or contemplative tradition. So literally surrender for me, you know, I'm a, a professor at a PhD, I get paid to think my brain can rattle on. I'm good at strategic thinking, but none of that stuff was, was, um, was healing the the wounds and the pain I felt on the inside. And so um, I stumbled into literally sitting in silence and that's what it's silent meditative prayer or centering prayer in, in which the only thing you do is sit in silence. And anytime any kind of a thought, an old tape, a movie, a feeling shows up in your body, it's literally, I just say Jesus and I'm literally just giving it to him. And so it was literally sitting in silence one thought at a time, surrendering to Jesus. And that's good thoughts, bad thoughts, mundane thoughts. And God used that to clean up my insides. And I also did journaling, a similar thing. I always wrote gratitude journal. Like that's, I started doing that at that time every day. And then I would literally write for about five or 10 minutes, you know, 
what's what I thought was bothering me in a sense I wrote stuff that I would want no one ever to read even it but that was me you know it's like a prayer to God so surrender also looked like 100% owning whatever I was thinking or feeling on the inside without shame or guilt and giving it to the God who loves me and forgives me and heals me and is going to empower me and guide me so I can then you know um be kind of that wounded healer to other people yeah I can only imagine that during this time of your life, not only were you probably going, what the heck is going on, but there were, you were probably questioning yourself, doubting yourself, you know, disqualifying yourself. What would you say you learned throughout all of this? You know what I learned? I actually learned multiple things. Um, I learned that God was greater than my most advanced theological thoughts that I had about God. Um, I learned to love myself literally, which I don't think I ever did up until distant recent years unconditionally, because I realized that for the, maybe for the first time, literally felt not thought, um, that God loved me 100%. And so, I mean, and so in a sense, when I even think about my ministry, if I, by using my kingdom authority, I want to help other souls experience God's unconditional love. And so I learned that when I think about what my mission is, my mission literally is just to love other people, serve and bless. And so those are, I mean, those are some of the things I learned and those aren't particularly profound, but they're, they, I've embodied them rather than those things just being aspirational. And that would be the thing that I learned to have real skin in the game and make sure the things that I believe are actually integrated into my life. And again, I'm not claiming to be perfect either. Obviously, that God sure. continues to work in my life, but those would be the big shifts that it was more than just academic knowledge. I had to get it into my heart. And that wasn't yes. true of my life for a, for, a, for a while, actually. I had to go through this really difficult time to experience profound levels of God's love. I love that. And that, that's an awesome kind of self-reflection and self-evaluation that I think would be good for everyone who is listening to this episode to ask themselves, do I just have God in my head or do I really have him in my heart? Because even when it comes to knowing scripture or knowing what to do, Satan knows that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, the enemy sir. knows scriptures, but that doesn't mean that, you know, God is in his heart just because he's in his head. So I would ask everyone to ask themselves, you know, Am I, you know, solving the world's problems, if you will, or, you know, by what I know about God in my head, or do I really have it in my heart? Because not only is that going to reflect on how you love yourself, but to your point, it's going to reflect on how you love others as well. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break for a commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to share some tips and advice on how people can kind of pull all this together. Great. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So, Ryan, before the, the break, we were talking about, you know, the importance of surrendering and the importance of having you know, a vertical and a horizontal relationship, you know, with God in our lives. And I love stories and I love theories, but I also love, you know, going beyond information and giving tips and advice that can actually equate to transformation. So if you had someone in your office or in your presence and they were like, 
Pastor Russell, I'm going through a very difficult time in my life or I'm trying to accomplish some great things in my life for God. And I'm just curious about like, what are some of the things that I can do? So if they're struggling to, you know, really accomplish anything in their life, like what advice would you give them of how they can exercise their kingdom authority to shift to a better place? Yeah, my, my, my go-to things are a couple of things. I'm going to make a prayer suggestion. I'm going to make a journaling suggestion. And again, everyone has needs to experiment with these to see what really works for them. But these would be like my initial kind of go-to tips. Um, and I'll start with a journaling. I found this to be really powerful. And most people that uh, pastors, a lot of pastors and lay people that do this find it helpful. And it takes about five minutes a day. And I kind of hinted at it earlier. But if you just take a journal and in the morning, as soon as you wake up or you know, as soon as you have a cup of coffee or however you wake up, literally write five things down that you're grateful for. Yeah. Uh, and even in your darkest times, you can at least be grateful that you woke up, that you're breathing, those kind of things. And the key with that is you got to feel it in your heart. So really picture what you're grateful for and then you know write those things down. And then I, again, I would say, then notice your body and say, you know, what's bothering me? What am I afraid of? What seems to be holding back? And, and literally write those things out. Uh, you know, they have that saying in uh, like the 12-step recovery groups, um, all progress begins with telling yourself the truth. And uh, that's a good practice there. But you're also then, that's a prayer to God because God knows what you're writing. And so you're really just unloading the tension and the things that are bothering you in your body. You make, so you start out your day off with prayer and then if you're trying something great, you know, write down then after you, because now you've been grateful, you've um, kind of unclogged the pipes by just unloading whatever's bothering you. Now write down one or two small steps that you can do today that are going to move you towards that goal. And then at the end of the day, and this is just as important, this is critical whether you've had a good day or a bad day before you go to sleep, pull out that journal again and write down three things that went really well, three ways you saw God working, however you want to work that, or even just three wins. And that right there is going to transform your life because even if you have a bad day, if you go out and harvest three things you learned or something, you, you'll never really have a bad day per se. And that keeps that lets you then go to sleep because you feel like you've done something. And then obviously, if you forgot to do something, you can put that in the journal. But then that journaling practice is one of my go-to tips. And then on a deeper level, I would suggest throughout the day, I'm a big uh, proponent of affirmations and, and that there, that's a whole nother conversation, but two prayer affirmations that I think are really helpful for us. And that the, you know, people resonate with one or both of these, but I think we need both. One of these goes back to the fifth century. It's called the Jesus prayer. And it's just really a prayer of mercy. It's Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me. And you can add up, have mercy on me, a sinner, if you want to, or have mercy on me, your child, whatever you feel comfortable with. But that's just a reminder that we need grace every day. And then a prayer that I love, and I call this the sneaky prayer, especially if you've kind of grown up in a guilt, shame, fear-based kind of form of Christianity. This is a more recent prayer, but, but listen to this one. I'm going to watch your face when I say this. It's, um, um, <clears throat> oh, God, help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how wonderful it is. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I would suggest sprinkling those in little little power prayer breaks. And, you know, that reminds you that you need grace and that God gives it to you because Jesus, you know, loves us and he is going to have mercy. But also we want God to remind us and to draw out of us 
that person that he created us to be. And I found that people find those two prayers in combination really powerful. I love that. I, I love practical, tangible things that people can write down, do this, do that, and then this. You know, there's times that I interview people and they're like, you know, and then you need to do the steps. I'm like, well, can you at least tell us what one of the steps is? Like, even if you've written a book about the steps, you know, for the people who are listening to this conversation, can you at least give them one step that they can do? Because I think it's one thing for us to have knowledge. I think it's another thing for us to have strategies that we can use to apply that knowledge, because that's the only time that I think you're really going to stand the chance of seeing any real results. So before we begin to wrap up, are there any final words that you would like to leave with our listeners? Um, yeah, and I just to encourage them, because, you know, uh, no matter what situation that you find yourself in, whether it's you're in a season of abundance or in a season of lack, God can do remarkable things in your life. And, and it's also regardless of what your age are, you're never too old to become the person that God created you to be. So I would suggest the things that we're even talking about today, um, step into them and, and, tr and trust God, because I trust that God will actually astonish you, you know, and even open up the scriptures and say, God, astonish me today with your scriptures. And these are the kind of prayers that, you know, God answers. And uh, yeah. so I would just want to just say wherever you are, when you're listening to Shana's podcast here, reach out to her. I mean, there's people that can support you and encourage you in your journey because it's 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 never too late. And it's also never too early to get started if you're a young person listening to this too, because the world That's right. can be amazing regardless of what we read on in the news or here on social media. There's opportunities to bless people. And if, we, if we're willing to to serve and to do things that other people won't do in the name of Jesus, there'll always be a place for you in, in the kingdom. I love that. The perfect time is now. You're not too yeah. early and you're not too late. So how can our listeners find you and follow you? Yeah, probably the easiest place is, is my website. It's um, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-P-H-D.com. You can find uh, links to all my social media uh, accounts on there. I have a very active YouTube channel on Twitter, Instagram, but there's links off the website. You could There's a little blog that I'm just getting going. You can find out about my books and other things. So that's that's a kind of a one-stop shop. And you can also find out about my uh, my coaching program if that would be of interest to anyone. Okay, awesome. And if somebody does want to take things further with you, is there anything in particular you would like to offer them any, anywhere specific that you want to drive the traffic to? Yeah, you know, I would say go, go if you're interested in just finding out a little bit more about me, go to my website and, and follow the link to YouTube, or you can go to YouTube and just look deep dive spirituality, Brian Russell. I have um, literally hundreds of videos, tons of free playlists, a, a, a playlist on like centering prayer, biblical interpretation, spiritual formation tips. And there's tons of free stuff to bless everybody with if they're interested. And it's all my academic stuff that I teach at, at Asbury Seminary. All my biblical study videos are on there too, totally free. And if I could serve you and beyond that in like a coaching relationship or you're just from my books, you can find all the information there too. So thank you, Shana. Okay, perfect. And I will make sure that those links are in the show notes so that you all are not having to scramble to try to figure it out. I might type it on. All you have to do is click on the link and you will have all of that. So Brian, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of a Godship podcast. And I hope that you will listen to future episodes as well. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the Godship podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.